And welcome to the Green and Go Then and Now podcast. Another show, another game, another loss. I'm Steve Zotke, along with Jeff Orlowski and special, special guest, Ryan Horvat. Thank you for joining the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks for asking me. Does special mean I'm like stupid or? No. Okay. No. Well, yes. Just maybe a dusting. <laughs> just a little bit of dusting of specialness on you. Special. So the good news is we're not going to dwell too much on the Bear game because I think going in, it, it kind of what... It, it kind of became what we thought it was going to be, wasn't it, Jeff? Yeah, it was ugly. It was another loss. Uh, it wasn't a blowout. No, it wasn't a blowout. No, you might have been tongue the Bears kept us in it. It might have been tongue-in-cheek, your prediction, which was, what, 42-7 to 7 or whatever? What? Yeah, I forgot what it was. I thought the Bears were going to win pretty handily. But, uh, but, you know, Packers were in it for a while. I mean, it wasn't an ugly loss. You didn't think, but there were, I never got the sense where, well, I thought maybe, well, if a couple of things are going to have to go this goal, you know, the Packers way for to win, but you never had that really like, oh, 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 like, like in the past, you're just waiting for that, that play, that big play to happen. And I think when Rodgers missed uh, Scantling wide open, I mean, that was like, oh, yeah, you okay, you were back done. To back deep throws on wide open receivers and uh you know the bears kept us in that game they tried to hand us that game with the fake punt at midfield that failed and with the uh rider decide you know read option that got fumbled away so uh the packers had their chances they couldn't capitalize we're still winless on the road and uh you know it's the same old same old Oh, we'll talk about the road wolves uh, coming up here in a little bit, but uh, let's start with Rodgers. Um, is it a situation, I mean, if you're a Packer fan, well, who should be more worried, Packer fans with Rodgers or Rams fans with Goff? Oh, special one. Ooh, that's a good question. I'd be more worried if I was in the Rams organization with Jared Goff. I mean – you watch that offense, and it's, Goff makes every NFL throw. He's got a great arm. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's going through a little slump because I think it's hard to play championship football for 16 straight weeks. And we've hit the point now where I think like every team has tendencies. So now everybody's had 9, 10 weeks to watch this Rams offense, which is a little bit different than last year's Rams offense. So things are getting a little bit easy like if you shut down the run game we've seen it two straight weeks if you take Todd Gurley out of the equation you say Jared Goff beat us I don't know if he's good enough to do it especially and I don't want to put too much into that Chicago game because it was cold weather Jared Goff's from California plays in LA I don't know if he's ever played in 30 20 degree weather I mean he just had that typical like California kid look on his face he had the big coat on so I'd be more worried about Jared Goff we went through this in 2015. I kind of mentioned it on Twitter and on air the other day where Aaron Rodgers was overthrowing guys. Um, didn't have his best year. The numbers were still good, but his QB rating was like nine points lower than it was than the previous year when he threw for 40 touchdown passes, seven picks then in 2016. So I think when you look at, and I saw an interesting stat, when he targets Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and uh, Geronimo Allison, the numbers are pretty good. It's when he's targeting Jimmy Graham and the three rookies that the numbers go down a little bit. And it's because, I mean, let's face it, he doesn't put in the work with these guys really in the in the preseason a little bit, I guess. But, you know, those guys are running with the twos and the threes, so Rodgers is throwing to the guys, Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams that he's been used to. So now he's not really comfortable with these rookies. And, 
you know, I mean, some of these passes, he's overthrowing guys. He's throwing at guys' feet. It's We don't really see that from Aaron Rodgers, so people are freaking out a little bit. But I think another year in the system, whatever system that is, we don't even know who the hell is going to be coaching this team next year. I think these guys and Rodgers will be a little bit more comfortable with them and vice versa. I'm not really worried about Aaron Rodgers. This, The whole Jordy Nelson letting Jordy walk, bringing in Jimmy Graham, who's looks about three years past his prime, I think that that kind of screwed with Rodgers a little bit. I think he was kind of pissy the first couple of weeks of training camp. Then he tries to get in a rhythm with these guys, and we've just never seen it. Well, I think in, in how when you said rookies, I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. If he was just throwing to St. Brown or, or you know Moore or one of these guys, that's one thing. But you're bringing in three guys, half of your wide receiving core is rookies, right? And that and and a, supposedly a complicated system. And but I guess the one thing that kind of bothers me though is uh, EQ played four four years at Notre Dame, right? Uh huh. These guys have played a lot of college football, played high school football. Isn't that like a fundamental teaching when your quarterback is being rushed, run towards the quarterback, help him out? Yeah. And they don't do that, Jeff, do they? No, they don't. And, you know, it's not a surprise to me that he's struggling this year considering the three rookie wide receivers, considering how bad Jimmy Graham has been. You know, it's not a coincidence. And I don't think that Rodgers is that healthy. You know, I think he has some nagging injuries, you know, whether it's the knee, the groin uh, against Chicago, whether, you know, whether there's something else that that just hasn't been put out there. I don't think Rodgers is that healthy. We've never seen him miss the way he's missing. So, you know, and, you know, there's the big show's been bashing Aaron Rodgers for two weeks and Bill Michaels is bashing Aaron Rodgers and all this kind of stuff. And. To me, it's just a total cop-out. And I was, was talking with Leroy Butler today, and, he, oh, yeah, Rodgers, you know, he's overthrowing all these guys and missing all these throws and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, he hit Cobb in the numbers and Cobb dropped it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that don't count because Cobb's just another another guy. Well, he's just another guy that makes $10 million. <laughs> Anytime you guys start trashing Aaron Rodgers, you expect him to be perfect every game. And you expect him to be perfect because of the money that he makes in the contract that he signed. But you can't sit there and have it go both ways where Rodgers gets all the blame for being inaccurate because he makes all the money. But Randall Cobb, who's stealing $10 million a year from the Packers because his production is so god-awful, is just another dude when he drops a ball that hits him in the numbers. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you got Cobb. Who's okay? He's not slow. I mean, he's not quick, but he's kind of a slower receiver. But he makes good cuts. He knows Aaron Rodgers, so you got to have good hands. If it, if you got a speedy guy, Ryan, mm-hmm. and you and he drops a ball, that's one thing because you got that speed, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And I mean, at this stage of Randall Cobb's career, he's a good route runner, but he's not going to blow you away with his speed. Like going back to Rodgers, I think what happened was so last year you have the collarbone injury. So you're not 100% going into the summer. So you work yourself back, you know, and then you lose Jordy Nelson, who you could say what you want about Jordy Nelson. He's been decent in Oakland. I mean, his better days are behind him. I mean, he's not in his prime anymore. But I guarantee you that if he was in this offense, he would have 10-plus touchdowns this year just because he's a red zone threat. Rodgers always knew where he was going to be, especially on the back shoulder throw. So you take him out of the equation. You lose one of your good friends. Rodgers, let's face it, he probably doesn't have a lot of friends in uh, in that organization now because he kind of said it the other day, all the guys he grew up playing with 
are either retired or they're on other teams. So he's getting to know all these 23-year-olds. He's 33, 34, 35. He's getting older, so he's not relating to these kids anymore as much. So you trade, or you're not you trade, but you get rid of Jordy Nelson. So he goes to Oakland. You lose him. Now you got these three rookies. You know, you got Cobb there still. You got Geronimo. But so he's got to kind of get comfortable with new guys. He's coming off an injury. And then week one, you get the knee injury. And so then he just didn't look right. And then when it's finally he's starting to get a little bit healthier, I feel like he's been pressing. That's what it seems like to me. Like he's putting more pressure on himself because he knows this team isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. This team isn't good enough to even win the NFC North. We see that now. This isn't basketball. That's what I try to explain to these guys. It's not like LeBron James could take over a series when he's down 3-1 against the Warriors. Aaron Rodgers, another injury is his back probably hurts from keeping the organization from carrying him for the last four or five years because this team has not been good in four or five years. So he's putting more pressure on himself. He can't do that. This isn't the NBA. You know, he can't do it in baseball either. Christian Yelich can't just take over the NLCS because he's the best player on the field. He can't go eight for eight, nine for nine. So I think that's the issue is we just we're spoiled with great quarterback play. We've come to expect so much from Aaron Rodgers when he's not perfect. You need to throw somebody under the bus and it's him. You just mentioned Jared Goff in his last couple games, one touchdown pass, seven interceptions. But the Rams are still in every single game because they have a good defense. They have a good run game. They know how to use the run game. They know how to scheme wide receivers open, not just Jared Goff buys time with his feet and looks for guys open down the field like Aaron Rodgers has to. So I'm interested in seeing what happens here in the offseason with the coaching change and seeing what kind of schemes are put in, but... Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback. I, still the best option right now. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, guys are gaining on him, but give me Aaron Rodgers over any of these guys. Yeah, you know, and, and you look at the Packers team, too. You know, Packers aren't the only one have, that have uh, disappointed. And, and you look at Jacksonville and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, of those three, who's the who's the one team that kind of surprises you? Obviously, I think the Packers are right up there. But yeah. you look at Jacksonville and Atlanta – I want, you know, how are those fan bases reacting, you think? Yeah, Jacksonville's surprising. Just, that's a, that's a dumpster fight. I was laughing at yeah. They brought Absolutely. up Tony Romo's Super Bowl prediction. Green Bay and Jacksonville in the Super Bowl, both terrible. Jacksonville, though, you could just see it kind of in the beginning of the season when Jalen Ramsey was speaking out in that GQ interview, and he wouldn't even stick up for his own quarterback. He was calling everybody else's quarterback trash. I was like, man, there's a lot of big egos in that locker room. You could see that thing kind of... Yeah, I was like, either they're going to be 12-4 and four, or they're going to be 4-12. and 12. And we kind of saw it in that Tennessee game on the Derrick Henry 98-yard mm-hmm. run. Guys just giving up. You know, a lot of individuals in that locker room. That's why I, I, I was talking about that on Sunday, man. This is just not a very likable Packer team. I don't remember the last time I said that. I just feel like That's there's a, a lot point. of individuals yeah. in that locker room. And it's frustrating to watch because um, you look forward to it all year and you only got a couple more years with Aaron Rodgers most likely what three four or five years where he's in his prime and so it's just a, another wasted year in my opinion well it's and now it's tough uh to like any of these guys because half the team's been IR'd yeah. and uh so you don't know who half this freaking team is anymore you know they're they're Kenny Clark done you know all these guys are done mm-hmm. well and, let's go take a look at that we have uh Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones done or are gone they uh they they brought in I mean, what, what's interesting is Gutenkus is bringing in buses, busfuls. Is that Tuesdays when they do the workouts? Yeah. 
bus full of players, free agents coming in. Bunch of jabronis out there. I don't oh, even yeah. know half these guys. So, I mean, if you look at the end of November, they placed Nick Perry on the injured reserve. And I mean, he's I don't done. even remember him step. Could you guys? Uh, sorry, you, I didn't mean to cut you. Maybe one, one play he yeah. made. This I think year. he Honestly. had one sack. I think early on he had a tip ball, a tip pass, maybe against the yes. Bears or something like yep. that. Yeah. God, he was bad this year. Sorry. And then uh, they they signed Eddie Pleasant, who I think was on the Texans. That actually that's kind of worked out. He's yeah. been decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's not going to be all pro, but I mean, he he. This is somebody if he. Or depending on the scheme now coming in too, is he could be actually on the team next year. Yeah. I mean, it might be a surprise. Uh, Jake Kummerow, everybody's favorite, you know. The next great white hope. Yeah. No, <laughs> there is no state that loves white wide receivers. White slow receivers. Yeah. Like Wisconsin. <laughs> I know. Jake. <laughs> How's Jared Aberderis' career? I'm sorry. I'm sure Jake Kummerow is a great guy. I do not want to see Jake. I don't care if he's Aaron Rodgers' caddy, if he's his best friend. I do not want to see Jake Kumaro on this roster. He's a fun preseason story. Let him go out there and sign well, helmets. Well, he could be. No, he, he, could, he could be, be a, the, a the, gunner the on special teams. Yes. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't even fine. want to hear these names though. No. If if we need him as the number five, number six guy, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got. I mean, Ken, Kendall Donerson. I mean, there's just guys that are bringing Ibrahim Campbell, yeah, who he had a cup of coffee and then he went on uh, injury reserve. I mean, it's just been ridiculous. All the players, Adam Pankey, Raven Green, remember him? He yeah. played what yep. three games? Number thirty six. I mean, it's just been a turnstile. Capri Bibbs now, who I bet you actually could. He's one of these guys. He's got some quickness, mm-hmm. and. It's going to be tough for you, and if you're producing the big show, Jeff, if he gets a touchdown coming up on the next two games, because you're going to get these idiots going. Oh, I think we need to look at Capri Bibbs. He could be the guy. <laughs> yeah, trade Aaron Jones. Oh yeah. Does he get this every every year? By by the end of the year, you're on your third or fourth or fifth running back, and there's always some guy. Yeah. Who wins? Some guy in fantasy football is going to win. Super Bowl because of somebody of like Capri Bibbs or yeah. somebody. It's the Sam Con Gatto. <laughs> yes. You know, three good games. Oh, God, this guy could be phenomenal. And then, you know, next year, who the hell was Sam Con Gatto? Right. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, so I, I, the other ridiculous point that was uh, talking point that was brought up this week is resting Aaron Rodgers. Is there anything more ridiculous? I'd do it right now. I, I really? Would. Are you on that train? Oh, Absolutely. I am. Me too. And really? If Hell I, yeah. if you I, can't. I would take it out completely out of his hands. I would say, Rogers. I say, you know what? You're going on IR. I'm not giving you the choice. Pack, clean out your locker. I don't care if you're even around the team. Get the hell out of here. Go have fun. Spend a week in Maui banging Danica, and. You know, enjoy yourself. Yeah, drink your scotch. Go. I to mean, a if film they're up festival. by two touchdowns or something in the fourth quarter, I'm t- I'm pulling them. Oh, well, they yeah, ain't never yeah, going to be up sense. two no. touchdowns. Well, I mean, he's playing. Anybody. Yeah, maybe he's if playing. We, maybe Why? if we roll out, what walk the hell are you going to for? Yeah, what are you playing them for though? I do not want to win these games. I don't either. I want the best. I'm, I don't give a shit. I am one of those. I want the best possible pick, and here's why. Call me crazy. I have this theory. And, I sound like a big show caller right now, I know. Or, or like a Chuck and Winkler caller. You know, one of these callers that throws out, like, you know, we should trade for Anthony Davis and give up Malcolm Brogdon. But listen to this. Listen, hear me out, okay? So if you get a top, like, 
we'll say six, seven pick. You have another first round pick. You got a second round pick. You have next year's first round picks. What if you get a little bit crazy and you go after like a number one or number two pick and you're looking at a name like Nick Bosa from Ohio State, just like a franchise changer right there. That's the pass rusher that I want. See, that that's why I don't want to win these next two games because then you could be picking, I mean, you could go all the way up to, man, and I forgot what it problem. was, like 14, 13. I don't remember the, I mean, I don't have anything in front here, of me right here's now. Here's the problem with that. I want a game changer. But he's just like his brother, right, Joey? And you look at what his brother's been doing. Well, he's hurt a lot, and they care about money. And they're both hurt a lot. Yeah, but man, I don't give a shit. I'll take eleven sacks. What 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 makes Chargers good is all those guys around Bosa's. I don't know, man. He so if you put uh, him, it's not going to make a big difference. Well, we don't even need that name. I mean, there's a bunch of pass rushers. Uh, There's a bunch of guys that I want to look at. I do not want to see another defensive back drafted in the first round. I don't either, and I don't need to see the Packers to win these last two games for me to feel warm and snuggly at night. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't need that. You know. It is time to lose, so we move up in well, not you, only what, the first round, you, but every round after. Every round, right. So we have a better chance of getting impact players. You know, it was for years that the Packers were able to maintain while they were drafting 25th and 26th and 28th every single season. Times are different now. The, the holes that the Green Bay Packers have on their roster is a lot larger yeah. because of how much we've missed in the draft. Thank you, Ted. So you hope that Gouda Cheese is picking the right people. Nothing's a guarantee, but I sure as hell would like it to pick number six than mm-hmm. to win these last two meaningless bullshit games and pick 14th. Right. Or I, 16th. I completely agree. Because then we're then we're taking, you know, I, I we, the safety is probably your, I don't know, man. There's a lot of needs. I mean, you got linebacker, two spots on the offensive line lines. at least. Right. Linebacker. You offensive could, lineman. I mean, outside of okay, so let's look at some names. I mean, well, yeah, let's go. The, Blake we're talking Martinez. About, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's do this. Is Jake Ryan going to be a viable option next season? Like, because I think he's going to have to be an inside Jake linebacker. Jake Ryan is AJ Hawk. Unless you re-sign, no, you play and you Blake move him Martinez inside. is AJ Hawk. Ooh, I think he might be a little. Bit I think better. Blake Martinez is a little quicker, but I think. Yeah, he still makes every tackle five yards past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's that's the thing. When he was leading the league in tackles last year and all the high tackle numbers, everything's that's the problem. Though. There's so few tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. But Blake Martinez is AJ Hawk because Blake Martinez is available each and every single game, just like AJ Hawk. That is true. And so if everybody loves Blake Martinez because he was drafted in what the fourth round. Where A.J. Hawk, everybody hated because he was taking, what, number, number five? Number five, yeah. And so if Blake Martinez, was who's, the safe pick. who's the same player, was drafted fifth, everybody would hate him. And if A.J. Hawk was drafted in the fourth round, everybody would have loved him. They're the exact same guy. Just three and a half rounds later. There's so many holes on that defense. Guys that, I mean, I like well, Blake Martinez why... and he'll be back. I like Jair Alexander, obviously, and I like Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, when he's when he's out there. Other than that... I mean, you. I, I think you can add, maybe go the free agent route with either safety or cornerback, but let's 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 strengthen the line. You know, it it always hear all those. The way you start a football team is with your offensive and defensive, offensive and defensive line. Yeah, well, they they need to do that, and it's you know, letting the two guards go sitting. What, what was right Lang. and Lang were, were mm-hmm. the right move. Absolutely. Now, Ryan, who did you mention before the show? Who they should get rid of? 
Brian Balaga? Yeah. Love Brian Balaga, but he's never on. He's, he, yep. I mean, he's so never Tackles are different, though. You got to, you know, it, it, it. You're paying, it's a huge cap hit for somebody who plays 10 games. And that's the See thing, man. Ya. You get one of those top six picks and you get Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama, boom, problem solved. You're not taking well, a chance on a f- okay. small forward who's yeah. going to change to safety. If you like got a, if, if you, if, yeah, if you can do a plug and play guy. You get somebody like that in the first round. Yeah, Belag is For sure, guys. Because then you can always fill in the, your secondary guys with free agents and whatnot. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. You just and paid Aaron Rodgers $134 I think million. that was the travesty of this season was when they they didn't have enough backups on that offensive line. Especially yeah. protecting who you had to protect. Right. Exactly. exactly. Because that's the thing. I mean, you look at what Washington, I mean, the Saints the other night, what they were able to plug and play, you know, I mean, they were still able to win with, uh, you know, bringing in, they, they were down to their last guy. Mm-hmm. So They were down to their last guy, and the Saints, they have the MVP, in my opinion, leader in Drew Brees, mm-hmm. and they still take him off the field to switch up the offense and play Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to The guy you know, we cut. The guy, yeah, the guy because the Packers we cut because and, McCarthy liked the quarterback room, and you're oh, gonna that tell me nuts. that Sean Payton doesn't have the biggest onions out of anybody? He does, yeah, absolutely. You know, that and that was the biggest difference, I think, when you look back at the, at the history of it, because Payton was number two, McCarthy was the first choice, Payton was number two, and you're thinking. You know, when when Peyton won in 09, you're thinking, oh, boy. But then, you know, hey, McCarthy won it to 10. We won the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, okay, well, it worked out. Long term, though, you wish you would have picked Peyton because, I tell you what, Peyton's coaching that championship game, we win in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a bunch of other games, too, that they win. Yeah. Here's the thing in the draft, though. I want to fill every – or attempt to fill – the holes at defensive back and at safety through free agency, if possible. I want right. to draft a tackle with the first pick, regardless of where that pick is at. I want no, to take no, the no. best available best tackle. Player. Then I want all pass rushers because here's the thing. Mike Pettin's done a great job scheming these guys all year. Imagine how pissed off he is up in the booth when he's scheming these guys to get to the quarterback and they're diving at his goddamn feet missing. That's the thing. The scheme yeah. has been great this year. Right. The pressure's been there. We need better pass rushers. I'm watching guys whiff. Clay Matthews is getting to the quarterback. But he's he's doing the same shit that he's done for the last three years and just diving at his feet. He's there. Yeah, I, that's the problem. I love Kenny Clark, but we're not going to be able to rely on him to get to the quarterback. So you need an outside linebacker, a defensive end. I don't know. I mean, do you really trust um, Kyle Fackrell? Like, are we going to trust him because Hell he has no. nice numbers? Because he had two, three he's good games against, against shitty awful teams. Quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it was a scheme too. You know, so yeah. I mean, a very good scheme. Uh, he's he's cheap. Yeah, and throw them, we'll see what we can do with them, but let's cross that bridge when we get to it. We, and it was a good rushes. scheme, but I don't want to sit there and get too big on this uh, pet and love fest because while the Packers' defense has been phenomenal, especially in second halves of games, first half has yeah. been ugly. So, yes, he's making adjustments, and, and it looks better as the game goes on. But, man, he's been shredded in the first half of a lot of these games. He's got to go, too. Unless you bring in a head coach who says, I want Mike Pettin coaching the defense. I don't like these organized marriages. I don't either. They don't work. And I hope that the Packers don't do the same thing and fall in love with Pettin and tell this new coach that they have to keep him just because that bullshit worked here with mm-hmm. the Brewers where, oh, yeah, David Stearns, you're the new GM, but you got to keep Craig Council. And, yes, it worked here for the Brewers, but that – 
never works. Never. And, and never. So, okay, or if you have like a situation in Chicago where Ryan Pace brings in Matt Nagy and he says, okay, Vic Fangio is going to be the defensive coordinator. You guys can meet and get this solved. But that's Vic, that's Vic Fangio. Like, he should be a head coach in the NFL. The shit that he draws was, up is just ridiculous, man. Do you, do you hire Vic Fangio? I said this on the big show, yes, and, and I got ripped. I got ripped because – and then I went back and I did look, and defensive coaches, defensive-minded right. coaches do not have a very good track record here in the last four years. But I think Vic Fangio – so here's the thing. I wouldn't want to bring in Josh McDaniels and have him run the team. I would rather bring in a guy like Vic Fangio. All of his players love him. Aaron Rodgers loves him. He gives Aaron Rodgers hell. He did when he was in San Francisco – he does it now in Chicago. Rodgers looks like shit. I mean, even when you beat the Bears, when Fangio's there, you know, they usually play him pretty well. They throw some stuff out there. Look what they did to Jared Goff. I would take Vic Fangio, put him as my head coach because I think the players would kill for him, and then I would get an offensive mind like uh, – then you could talk about bringing in a guy like Lincoln Riley, an unproven guy. Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's not going. coming here. I know. I know that. I don't even think he's going to leave Oklahoma, to tell yeah. you the truth. Maybe if Dallas actually got rid of Jason Garrett, if he craps yeah. the bed. But I would bring in, like, McDaniels and say, okay, you're in charge of everything on the offensive side. Vic is in charge of, like, the players, building the relationships, everything. He's the head coach, but he's going to focus more defensively. Just because I think he's that good of a coach. That's the only way you could bring over a guy. But McDaniels is interesting because... I wonder if he, you know, he wants, you know, he's the heir apparent. And now I said in the last podcast we were talking about this, about the Colts thing. I said the reason why he left the Colts is because Ursay is a nut job. I spent a lot of time in Indianapolis. I hear a lot of stories about him. Oh, yeah. He, he looks is, the party. He, yeah, he does. I and mean, he didn't know if Andrew Luck was going to look like this. And that's the you other know what thing, I mean? too. Right, yeah. I mean, There was talk if he'd ever throw a football again. <laughs> right. I, well, I was saying that, too. I said, oh, they're throwing a, you know, they, I, I got some buddies on Facebook, and they, oh, he's throwing a football. I said, yeah, wiffle ball. I said, a vortex, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I, I, I kind of give him a pass. I said, oh, I, what he did to the Colts. I said, you don't know the story. Something happened. You know something happened there. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah, we're, uh, so McDaniel, I, I, I think he might consider it because – the Patriots are showing their cracks now. Of course and, they are. And he, it, he, he, does he really want to follow the greatest coach of all time? I think he's going. He's going to be Phil Bankston. I feel like that's why he didn't leave. I think there's some deal under the table that when Belichick leaves, he's going to take over that job. Kind of he like, is, but like, he also loses Brady because right. Belichick and Brady are going out together. And yeah, then what but, do you have? And I'm sure that there's a deal, but the the heir apparent went to San Francisco. Right, but Josh McDaniels isn't going to leave in a lateral move. From the Patriots to the Packers, even if he has full control of the offense like like your idea was, Ryan, his ego is so big, mm-hmm. so big, that he is not going to make, and even if you make him OC and assistant head coach, then all of a sudden you're just asking for him and Fangio to end up button heads, and yeah. I can see that just becoming so toxic. I want to bring up there. a point here while we're talking about Rodgers and Brady. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting point I thought that Charles Woodson made. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, it was written, uh, Woodson and Tom Brady go a long way back. They were t- teammates in Michigan. 
and the famous tuck rule joined joined him, blah, blah, blah. Woodson today uh, said on ESPN he saw Brady appear in Pittsburgh on Sunday like the hits are taking a toll on his 41-year-old body, and he's avoiding contact even at the expense of missing throws he used to make. I just think the NFL is catching up to Tom Brady Wood. Tom Brady Woodson said I think he's actually starting to feel all the hits all the sacks of the NFL it happens to every player it happened it happened to myself as a player at some point it just catches up with you Brady has been taking I think it, where if you look at Brady and Rodgers at this point in their career at that at comparable ages Brady took less hits than Rodgers has been taking. Is, yeah. is that a concern over the next couple of years? Yeah. Where, uh, you know, Brady's going to play until he's, well, he says 45, but I, I would say 43 maybe at the most. Um, Rodgers wants to say he wants to play for another five years. Does he have another five years in him? Yeah, I, I, I don't think he can if he keeps on taking the hits he's taking. Whoa. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, he wants to play till he's 45, but I want to bring home Jessica Alba. I mean, what? <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, all these guys, you watch what Tom Brady has done, but you just said it right there. Tom Brady doesn't get hit a lot because they've reinvented that offense here in the last decade where it's you take a snap, two, three-step drop, boom, get rid of it right away. Brady's not taking any hits. When Brady does take hits, that's when the Patriots lose. That's why the Giants won those two Super Bowls mm-hmm. with that NASCAR pass rush because they beat the living hell out of Tom Brady. When you get to Tom Brady and you hit him a little bit, he unravels. Aaron Rodgers, he loves getting hit, man. He's initiating the hits. He's he's getting out of the pocket. The way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to keep him in the pocket. He likes to move around. So that's why I do worry a little bit with Aaron, and I'm like, Man, I was reading this article, actually, that uh, Ben Fennell, I think, did it from The Athletic, and he was talking about how the Saints kind of changed their offense, where Drew Brees, the three years that they went 7-9 to nine in a row or whatever it was, he was attempting like 43 passes a game, and they were like, this isn't how you win when you hit 35, 36 years old. So they reinvented the whole offense. Oh, like of the ball McCarthy quicker. was going to do Running this the ball year. with Aaron Jones. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. get off the bus with the game plan. <laughs> so that's what concerns ball. me, man, is we can't bring in a head coach and we can't run this system that McCarthy had where Aaron Rodgers runs the show because if it's up to him, he's still going to throw the ball 45 times a game. He's going to be running around, getting hit. I don't want to see that anymore. That was what was so beautiful about the week one win against the Bears. Not that it was just beating up those shitheads and the way that we did it, but it was because Rodgers came back in and everything was getting rid of the ball quickly. I was like, holy cow, Mike McCarthy finally changed his philosophy after the last six years. And we're getting rid of the ball quicker. Rodgers is not going to take unnecessary hits, and we're going to win a lot of games. Week two, throw that out there. Week three, you get lit up in Washington embarrassed by Detroit. Those are the two, like, when I think back on this season, what really bothers me is the tie against Minnesota because it was a winnable game. You should have won it. They got screwed over. I'm not one of these, oh, we got screwed guys, but we did. That game was over. Clay Matthews got hosed. Coming out and just getting the shit kicked out of you by Washington was disgusting. And then the loss against Detroit where you just didn't show up for the first half. That's what reminds this. That's that's the season right here. For me, it's Washington and Arizona. And then Arizona, yeah. Those games make me sick. And, yes, we should have won Minnesota, but we also should have lost Minnesota. Right. So, you know, the the bogus hit on Clay, but then we got lucky with that missed field goal. So yeah, well, what, is, what is – okay, Jay Gruden. Nobody gives him the respect. But was that the biggest upset of the year last week, Washington over Jacksonville? No, because Jacksonville sucked all season. Yeah, but you're quit. thinking it's their fourth string 
quarterback. Oh, I know. I know. In Jacksonville. That just shows they just have given I up. I know. I, 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 I texted my buddy. I said, Marone will be fired within the hour, and surprisingly, they didn't. I feel yeah. like what they did when they gave Blake Bortles that deal this offseason was just like, hey, we're not really serious about winning a Super Bowl. To the players in that locker room. Because you, like I mentioned that Jalen Ramsey interview, when you got guys questioning the quarterback in the locker room, that's a bad atmosphere right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Blake Bortles is one of he's interesting because he looked he could make all the throws that you were supposed to make Mm -hmm. in college. And I saw and I saw there and said, This guy looks good. Yeah, he's a and you you would see these glimpses the first couple years, like, okay, you know, smooth out the edges and we got something here. And he just was never able to take that next step, was he? Yeah, I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a, a very serviceable NFL quarterback, and I was completely wrong. And I think Ryan Everybody Tannehill was, I gets think. gets nailed with that too, because Tannehill in Miami has so, shown flashes of brilliance, but he gets hurt all the time. And then you know you see that you know he's growing and he's growing, he's growing, he's getting better, getting better, getting better, and oh shit, now he's out for three, four weeks. You know, so it's just he can't gain, gain the momentum either. But I thought Bortles was going to be good. It's, it's Speaking of knuckleheads, I saw this. I was watching this game Monday night. And I wonder if you got, did you guys see the Panther game? Oh, yeah. Did you notice the, 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 the play at the end of the game? The one where Cam Newton just wasted like 30 seconds yes. talking shit? Yes. That yeah. was fantastic. With 34 seconds left in the first half on Monday night, Panthers quarterback Cam Newton ran up to the middle for a first down. The clock was running. He should have either called a timeout immediately or hurried back to the offensive line, but that's not what he did. Instead, Newton got up, walked towards the end zone, made a first down signal, then slowly walked back towards the line of scrimmage, stopping to exchange words with Saints linebacker Alex Zolny. The Panthers finally called a timeout with 23 seconds remaining before halftime. Yeah, I, I was watching that. I'm going, you got to be kidding. I uh, that he is a knucklehead. I had the Panthers yeah. plus six, so I was like, let that clock roll down <laughs> because I could see you throwing a pick six right now and screwing me over. Cam Newton, man. See, I have mixed uh, mixed feelings on Cam Newton. He does a lot. Like he gets his bad rep, and he does talk a lot of shit. He dresses like a goof, but he does a lot of good stuff. Like for sick kids, they they oh, show yeah. that stuff, and. I feel like he does it because he wants to do it. Because, it, you know, like, a lot of these guys, I think they do stuff just because it's like, then it gets picked up by social media. I feel like he actually does. But then I remember, like, Cam Newton that got kicked out of Florida State for stealing a laptop, and he's kind of a shithead. He didn't dive on the fumble in the Super Bowl, got right. killed for that. Then he didn't really want to talk to anybody, which I do understand. If I just lose a Super Bowl, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, you can't be but cocky can't. as hell right. and talk shit when you're doing good and then not face the music when you blow it. I yeah. think... And uh, Jeff might back of... me up on this. We we've seen this before, where uh, where guys are so good at the levels they're coming up with. Yeah, but and this is a problem in, in, with with some guys. You know, I always think of that scene in Patton, mm-hmm. where Patton goes, you know, when the Romans used to march, there was always a slave whispering their in their ear, saying, you know. Uh, uh, fame is fleeting, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And with these, with somebody like Cam Newton in that, you know, he was. It was the game was easy to, for him. Yeah, going up junior high, high school, even in college, somewhat. You know, and then he basically got paid at Auburn to play there. <laughs> and and he, you know, the the guy's huge. He's a basic, almost a defensive lineman 
playing, uh, you know, a power forward playing quarterback, and you know, you just, just nobody. He was nobody instilled that and drawing the superstars. You got to f- draw that line with a fine, sharp pencil. The difference between winning a Super Bowl and losing, and it sounds cliche in that, but it's so close. And guys like Cam Newton just are unable to do that. They don't do all the the little things, I guess. And you heard Aaron Rodgers talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think when Aaron Rodgers sits back, maybe getting a new coach in that where he's maybe he's going to see where maybe perhaps he hasn't been doing the little things in that. And, you know, you look at Bortles and Cam Newton and these guys, it's it's so they have the tools, but it doesn't always work out, does it? No, it sure doesn't. And, and you, you know, know, the revelation about Jamarcus Russell with yeah. the, with the training kit tapes. Oh yeah, you that know. was a great story. Though. Oh my god! You know, <laughs> you think, yeah, well, you know, eh, I don't have to do this. I know. Just go out there and play. Well, I think that, you yeah. know it's the same thing, and it's not just quarterbacks because when after the bye week uh, for the Packers. They met the media, and they uh, a lot of them were asked about what they learned in their quote-unquote across-the-hall meetings, okay, where the defensive players were going and getting talked to by the offensive coaches saying, hey, this is the mistakes I see you making. This is, you know, what you should do better and how you could better disguise stuff and all that. Jair Alexander, when they asked him, what did you learn in the across-the-hall meetings, said – Well, I thought I had it all figured out. I realized I needed to watch more tape. This is a fucking rookie saying this after seven games in the NFL that he thought he had it all figured out. Are you out of your mind? And that tells you that these guys don't put in the time like they used to. They're not sitting there doing their jobs or playing Madden or doing other stupid shit instead of being 110% on the ball on their job at hand. We were drives me nuts. They were talking about that during the Bucks telecast about uh, it was a Colin Sexton, I think. You know, where guy he wasn't taking it. You know, guys were trying to talk to him and that, and he was like, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can see that where. He looks so good physically, but then there's those mental lapses where you go, you know, it's it's so, you know, you get that rookie contract, hey, everybody loves you, and then next thing you know, man, you're playing in the D League somewhere. I don't get that though, because you get that rookie contract, and especially if you're playing in the NBA right now, and then you see that super max deal, two hundred and thirty nine million dollars. I don't know why guys are fucking around because the first four years, I'd be like, yep, especially if I'm a quarterback. Yep, I'll sit behind this bum and you know, yeah. like if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'll I'll go work out with Tyrod Taylor and you know go to film study with him and do whatever I got to do because man, that first contract for quarterbacks or yeah. you know, well, really any position right now, man, there's just so much money to be made and and I mean just because if you want to play in the league, especially football, you really do have to put in the time in the in the film room because the game is. It's crazy the way that it changes from college to football. You hear like all the guys say that. I can't believe how much quicker and how much faster it is. And even you watch college football and the games drag on because it's like first down. All right, let's stop the clock. Let's all walk over there. Whereas Everybody the pro game is breath. bang, bang, yeah. bang. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Yeah. The difference is nuts. Yeah, it really is. And so, uh, what 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 are we looking at this buck or Jets game coming up? Who cares? 
I honestly think even if they play the starters, if Rodgers plays, that there's a good shot that they lose this game. Oh, Call I me crazy. So, yeah. The well, Jets Rogers look came, good on Saturday. Rodgers came out today and said he's playing. Yeah. And so, whoop-de-doo, uh, you know, I I predict that uh, that we, we stay winless on the road uh, for the entire season. You know, 17-9, to nine, I got the Jets over the Packers. Yeah, man, the Jets looked a lot better on Saturday night than the than the Packers did on Sunday. The defense See? looked good. Darnold looked good. Darnold, like, especially when you're rolling Tremont. I love Tremont Williams. Let's get this out of the way right now. I love Tremont Williams. Great locker room guy. Great quote. We can't honestly have Tremont Williams playing free safety, corner, anywhere. on. We, he cannot be a viable option starting on, a, on a championship football team fast enough. in 2019. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Keep him around. You know, maybe a future coach. Love how he helps out the younger guys. I don't need. He does not need to be taking more than twenty snaps a game on 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 this football team next year, man. We're getting to the point where it's Julius he, Peppers is still playing. See, know. we should have never got rid of Julius Peppers. But give us a score, Ryan. What you got? Special one. Thirteen to seven Jets. <laughs> no, no, I'll go twenty-one thirteen Packers. I think they do win. See, I did. Yeah, I did twenty-four twenty Packers. Okay, but the, the Jets defense—they got some players. Jamal Adams. Yeah. he's a baller. I mean, then that's the kind of guy you you hope the Packers can get in the next two years because that's the only way they're going to get back to a Super Bowl is having a player like Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. and that impact player. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jair Alexander could be that per I mean, he could be that shutdown corner, but you still you you need that center. You need, you know, a, that baller in the middle of the field. Yeah, the big uglies to put the pressure on. I mean, the, helps everybody in in the in the defensive. I mean, you look back at those at the films of Woodson, how good he was. Mm-hmm. You know, you really like, whoa. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. You know how. But getting back, getting back to the Jets, you know, this is the then and now uh, a broadcast. Uh, last time, remember last time they played? I think we talked about it last podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 9 nothing. Refresh my memory on that one. That in one. Green Bay? No, at New York. In New York. And that's when uh, 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 Ryan was the coach. Yeah, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan mm-hmm. was the coach, and they had to – bang up defense and uh i was like whoa we actually shot because i thought they were for sure they were gonna lose that game but the packers defense held held them and they were able to win nine nothing man that was the last time they were in new york that's insane a barn burner any other jets games you guys remember no not really to tell you the truth for for me it's it, it goes back to 1973 you guys weren't even born yet. No, I was nope. negative I was a, I was a f- second grader, and I came home, and uh, my dad goes, hey, you going to watch Packer game? I go, what, it, what do you mean, Packer? It's Monday. He goes, yeah, there's Monday Night Football. That was the first time, because my, my parents weren't big sports fans, but they'd turn on the Packers, and that was the first time I saw Monday Night Football. Nice. Really? I was in second grade. Never knew there was a Monday Night Football. I was like, wow, football at night. This Who is was quarterback cool. in the uh, Packers that night? Uh, that would have been. You said seventy two. Yeah, seventy two. Seventy three. Seventy three. Yeah, and it was against Joe Namath. And uh, good, interesting trivia on Joe Namath. How many playoff wins did Joe Namath have after Super Bowl three? Zero. Yep. None. Yep. And another game I remember. I want to say this was about nineteen eighty three. 
84. Packers were in the playoff hunt to the last week, and they went out to the Meadowlands to play the Jets in those ugly green helmets, mm-hmm. those shitty 80s uh, uniforms they Ken had. Ken O'Brien-looking yeah, helmets. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And they went out there, and they just went, <laughs> they just shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. It was just an ugly game. They got wiped out like 38-7 to 7 or something. Wow. And it's like, oh, no playoffs for you. Someday, someday they'll get in the playoffs. That's yeah, it was ugly. Now. Yeah, right. So, yeah, those are my memories of the Jets. But with yeah, Broadway Joe, Monday Night Football. Nice. That's a good uh, good introduction to Monday Night Football there. Yeah, it was. Seeing Joe Namath and, you know, all that, that's badass. Thank God they went back to their old uniforms. Who, the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. Those green helmets were hideous. I was uh, rooting for the Jets there. Uh, I like the Jets. About how 10 years, you, 12 years back when Sanchez J-E-T-S. was there. Yeah. I rooted for him a little bit. That guy was Jets. annoying. What was that fireman Bill oh, or yeah. fireman Sam <laughs> yeah. or some shit? Yeah. He was annoying. I don't know. I never got into the whole jet thing. And then once uh, Favre left and went there, you know, f you. So <laughs> when he was sending the uh, yeah pictures over of to Jen junk. Sturger, yeah. Sending the picture of his airplane over to. Uh... You want to see my jet? <laughs> no, Steve, put that away. It was crazy, man, because I guess that was, yeah, that's that's actually a good point that you bring up because I was a huge Favre guy. Loved Brett Favre, man. And um, that was a tough transition for me because I also was ready for Aaron Rodgers, though, only because, okay, so we go to the NFC Championship game, lose to the Giants, you know, and I was like, what a, obviously I wanted to see Favre go out with the Super Bowl, but I was like, he's not going to match this. I thought he was going to be finished after that. I thought that that was kind of just like, you know, he found some magic, but I was like, I can't see him doing it again, especially getting this close and the way you lost. Right. I was like, we're going to see the old Favre throwing 30 picks next year. So I was like, just ready to accept it. I was like, okay, let's see what Aaron can do. And then when he came back, I was like, well, fuck. You know, like, I don't know what to do now. And then he went to Minnesota, and it was just full on, fuck Hate. this guy. Yep, fuck yep. this guy. Is some of the negativity we're hearing about Rodgers – is that, is, are those the same guys that were ripping on him when Favre? Oh, you can never replace Favre. You think those are some of the same people? Absolutely. Yeah, same assholes. Some people that never really accepted Rodgers. Yep. What's funny about those clowns is that like now they're all well. Brett Favre was quarterback in this team. We would never be five, and you know, and it's like no, 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 no. Like I wish Twitter was around back then. When yeah. Favre was throwing, you know, 25-plus picks yeah. per season in the Packers. What did he throw, seven against the, uh, the Rams? <laughs> but you know what I mean? I would love to Six see or seven. him go shit the bed in Minnesota or in Detroit and throw four picks. He would get crushed. Now it's like he never did any wrong. Okay, yeah. I was wrong. They actually played in 2014. Right. I was going to say, right, in Green Bay was the Packers yeah. won 31-24. Yeah. And I think that was one they had to pull out of their ass. All right. It was 2010. They won nine nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say that. 2006. They lost 38 to 10. That would have been that was uh, McCarthy's first year. 06, 02. They lost 42 to 17. Another ass whooping. And the game I was thinking of that was actually the first time they played. September 17, 1973, Packers 123 to 7. This will be the first time, uh, quick stat, the first time that they ever play that I'll be rooting for the Jets. And the game I was thinking of <laughs> when was 80, it was 1985. They finished 8 uh, eight and 8, and they lost 24 to 3. All right. When they shit to bed. 
Some ugly, ugly games. Yeah, you got that right. See another one Jets this lead Sunday. the series eight to four. Well, hopefully it's nine four. They actually Jets. had an overtime. J-E-T-F. They lost. Packers lost in uh, overtime in 1991, 19 to 14. So, well, I like to thank you guys for listening and uh, thanks. Thank you for subscribing. Yeah, yeah. And subscribe. make sure to follow us on Facebook, Facebook, Green and Gold Then and Now. Follow the like the page. Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, Steve Zotke, Z A U T K E, at Steve Zotke. At Jeff underscore Orlowski, O R L O S K I. And Ryan, how do they follow you? R Y A N H O R V A T. On Twitter. Horvat. On Twitter, Facebook. No dating sites anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> I never even got in. Did you guys ever get into the dating sites? Like, I was no. already out of the game when shit got real. I like, Tinder? Did, um, I did have one blind date. I think I might have said this story. She was blind? No. Or, oh, okay. <laughs> Plenty of fish? I think it was very, very early. I think I might have been through a dating or something early on on the internet. Did it go more than one date? Oh, this or is the date, love like, this. expand? Went to the Chancery Ryan. Okay. We met there. Okay. She was a... A nice, you know, I mean, nice looking girl. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was much, you know, you know, more hair, less of me, striking. You know, I did not have the mullet then. No, handsome after, young man. It was uh, A.M. after mullet. Yeah, I was a handsome young man. Right. Okay, and uh, it, was, it was like, oh, hi, how you doing? Blah blah blah. We were eating, blah blah. And we, you know, so you talk about pop culture, you know, some light stuff. You know, how do you, you know, talk about each other? And then we talking pop pop culture. Somehow got on. Uh, John Belushi. Okay. And I'm like, John, I love John Belushi. Well, if top, top 10 guys for in the entertainment industry for me, I just loved him growing up. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, yeah, I like Jim Belushi better. Oh, I oh yeah, yeah. Get so that out. Was it. it was a deal break. I'm serious. It went, I, 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 I was like, I, I just, uh, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So thank you for listening to the. On that note, thank you for listening to the Green and Gold podcast. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully after a Packer win, unless you are Jeff or Ryan. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on the show. Thank you.